Hi everyone, this is Crusader Conversations, a student-driven podcast at St. Dominic High School, where we talk about our crazy student lives and everything surrounding them. Hey everyone, welcome back to Crusader Conversations. I'm Kate Cato, and today I'm here with Mr. Asher and Emma Brugenhemke, and we're going to crack down on some conspiracy theories. Um, Mr. Asher, big history teacher, um, he knows a lot about conspiracy theories, so what's your favorite one? Um, my favorite most recent conspiracy theory is that Mrs. Hayes is the resp- one responsible for um, what the prom situation. Um, there's not really any basis in reality for it, but I, I do like to spread it. I'd like to believe it to be true. The no dancing? The no dancing, correct. No DJ. Like Footloose? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. Okay, so with, you know, history, um, have we always had, like, conspiracy theories, you think? Why do people... Um, like, why are people so doubtful, you think, about all this stuff? So I've always said, um, and not with every conspiracy theory, some conspiracies are real, some are completely fabricated, but I think oftentimes the most outlandish ones say more about the people that believe them than about the conspiracy or the events themselves. Um, so, for example, people that think that 9-11 was uh, an inside job or people that deny the Holocaust, that doesn't say anything about the events. The uh, you know, we have plenty of uh, uh, evidence to support the, the reality there. But I think it does say a lot about people's uh, willingness to believe things, that they somehow know things that maybe other people don't know or have inside information or they just uh, have a great mistrust of certain, uh, you know, people or um, uh, institutions of power or anything else. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think that's really important to kind of when we, when we talk about some of the actual conspiracies Uh, of the people that believe them. Right, and I feel like, you know, so many people, like, have to have a reason behind something as well. So that's where a lot of conspiracy theories come in play. Well, especially when there's questions around certain events, and particularly, you know, large events like the Kennedy assassination, Lincoln assassination, etc., where there are all these questions, it always leads people to want those answers, and oftentimes conspiracies provide those answers and provide some kind of familiarity or understanding of the world as they see it uh, for these events. Tell us about the Lincoln assassination. What's that conspiracy theory? Well, that was an actual conspiracy, um, and it was multi-pronged. They were trying to take out all the heads of state um, between Secretary of State William Seward to Vice President Andrew Johnson, who was at the Willard Hotel. That guy chickened out. Uh, the guy actually did stab the Secretary of State, and because of this weird carriage accident, he had a brace on his neck that basically saved his life. And, of course, obviously John Wilkes Booth, who showed up at Ford's Theater um, to assassinate Lincoln. But the idea was to overturn, uh, essentially, uh, what they saw as a tyrannical government that was, you know, hell-bent on, um, you know, ending slavery and everything else. Well, I think it's so interesting about, like, the Lincoln assassination is that most people don't even know about how the other, like, people were attacked about like how that was supposed to happen. They only know about Lincoln being assassinated. Yeah, one guy ended up getting drunk uh, rather than going through with it. And what's so interesting about that assassination, first of all, it was a large manhunt and everyone was rounded up, including a doctor who mended John Wilkes Booth's leg and they were all publicly executed, in first, including the first woman in American history uh, at a special gallows that they constructed. But then the repercussions of that conspiracy, which basically led many in the North to want to punish the South, because it wasn't John Wilkes Booth, it was the South that was killing this beloved man. Yeah, by, he was just a scapegoat, right. like the one doing it. So, um, you know, the, the repercussions of that actual conspiracy are far worse than they would just let things alone. What's so crazy about that, too, is that, like, you were able just to, like, ask to see the, like, vice president or, like, the secretary of state. Like, 
there's so like just to see like how much it's changed in the past like what 200 years and like that like the main focus of the assassination was just like Abraham Lincoln but like no one ever talks about like the Secretary of State or the Vice President who were supposed to also be taken out on yeah. that same day. Well and under the Lincoln uh, administration that's when you start to see the Secret Service that began as the Pinkerton private eye uh, company to actually offer protection but of course that night he didn't have any um, for uh, any number of different reasons. Obviously the more popular like assassination that's now like that people are more obsessed with now is like the JFK assassination. Mm -hmm. What can you tell us about that? Well um, so in assassinations, if I'm going to generalize, always kind of draw certain conspiracies, real or imagined. I mean, go all the way back to Julius Caesar, the, how many assassinations in ancient and, uh, and even more modern European history among these dynasties and stuff. Um, as far as the JFK assassination, I think because there's so many questions surrounding how did this guy that came from basically nowhere, Lee Harvey Oswald, who seemingly a, a no you know, uh, prominent social location, a nobody, how was he able to take out uh, the most powerful person in the world at the time? And then, before he was ever brought to any sort of justice, was killed himself by someone who had ties to the mafia. Uh, and I think a lot of that just lends itself to, there's so many questions. It has to be more than just he ended up in the Texas Book Depository uh, with his own you know, bolt-action rifle and managed to take out Kennedy. Do people actually think that like he was like the sole person? Like he was killed even like before he had like a chance to talk. So obviously there was something behind that. So, I mean, there's people that think that Oswald wasn't even the one that pulled the trigger. I think most anyone that studies it would say Oswald pulled the trigger. Where we can ask questions are what led him to that place in Dallas um, that that one November day. Um, and part of it, if you know, if we're going to throw it out, is was the mafia behind it? Were the Cubans behind it? We've been trying to assassinate Fidel Castro dozens of times. Look up Operation Mongoose and some of the ridiculous things like exploding cigars that we sent to him. Um, <laughs> was it the Russians? Uh, was it the Russians behind it? Because clearly we're in the midst of the Cold War, although I would argue by this point Khrushchev and Kennedy actually had a decent working relationship or at least diplomatic relationship. So that's where the questions kind of get drawn into. Um, but I think it's pretty clear that Oswald was the one sitting in that uh, depository window uh, shooting down on uh, Kennedy in the motorcade. Who do you think's behind it? Can I ask that? <laughs> uh, I am no expert. Um, so if Opinions. I'm going yeah, yeah, to air out some of the, to kind of hash out these conspiracies, uh, the one has to do with, the, uh, with organized crime and the mafia. If you go back, Joe Kennedy, the patriarch of the Kennedy family, uh, had clear ties to the mafia all the way back during the Prohibition era. Uh, mafia money was used to help fund uh, Kennedy's first campaigns against Henry Cabot Lodge in, in Massachusetts and certainly most likely helped him to win the presidency. And then once John F. Kennedy becomes president, his brother Bobby becomes secretary, or the attorney general mm -hmm. and starts you know, really going after organized crime, which doesn't make good uh, friends of the people in organized crime who got him in that position. So the, uh, the idea was, as these huge trials were coming up, the organized, uh, you know, the mafia bosses said it's time that we finally get rid of them. If we're going to say Cuba, I think I had already mentioned the d dozens of times, I mean, we tried to poison, you know, Fidel Castro loved to scuba dive, so we tried giving him a poison scuba suit. <laughs> um, we, you know, the exploding cigars, we hired a guy to... Um, they turned a pen into a needle and he was supposed to inject him in the neck like out of some James Bond movie. Uh, but dozens of these different attempts. The problem with that one 
is that it's pretty difficult to think that the Cuba would have had enough uh, means by which they could have carried this out. The problem with the Russian uh, conspiracy is the Russians didn't even want to meet with Oswald. They thought he was a kook and not to be trusted, you know. Um, you know, Oswald had gone to Mexico, he had tried to go into the Soviet consulate down there, and, and they basically told him to go the heck home and didn't trust him at all. So, who do I think did it? I would love it if it was one of these conspiracies. I've just never found enough information that can lead me to believe in them. I just did a project in like one of our other classes about JFK and the assassination, and it said that um, he really, like Oswald, is his name? He really wanted to like be a part of the Soviet Union, and like he like was in contact with them, is what like I read. But have you guys ever like seen the movie Irishman? The Irishman. The Irishman. That's about Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. So yes, yeah. that's exactly what it's about. So it, uh, it's like a three and a half hour movie. It's crazy, and it basically talks about like the crime, and it focuses on this one man named Frank Sheeran, I think, and he basically like works his way up the mafia level, and he starts working with Jimmy Hoffa, and. It insinuates, it goes through like the 1960s, 1970s, and it insinuates that JFK, like the guy that came from nothing, like was voted because it, there's this scene where, like you have to like have like some background knowledge to understand it, but there's this scene where they drop all these people off in a cemetery and they all go through it and they like pick the names of men who have died. And like obviously there wasn't like, they couldn't look it up, like there was no not a lot of like electronics like we have now, like speaking to people right now. But like... They basically would like write down names of people who have passed, and they all like voted for JFK. So like people like Jimmy Hoffa were so confused of how this person who came up from nothing like suddenly rise, and then his brother started to go after him, like Jimmy Hoffa and his um, company that he ended up serving time in prison. And then it's also like suggested that Jimmy Hoffa or like that mob family had something to do with JFK's assassination. The only thing, and I haven't seen the film, but the only thing I would kind of push back on is the Kennedy family was very well connected and very mm -hmm. wealthy. I mean, it was actually Joe Kennedy, the uh, older brother, he was supposed to be the one to run for president, but he died in uh, the Second World War. So, of course, then it fell on the next oldest, which was which was Jack, who himself was a war hero, himself was a, a Rhodes Scholar, you know, went to Harvard and all this stuff. And then with uh, you know daddy's money essentially rose through the ranks and no one was was supposed to unseat the incumbent Henry Cabot Lodge, so I, I at least the name was known. Now didn't mean everyone liked them, mm -hmm. uh, even in the first district that he runs in his first house uh, race. But um, but certainly there was um, a lot of shady stuff that went along in those elections that um, Kennedy was involved in, and a lot of that was from dirty money uh, mm -hmm. through the mafia, and so that is what has led some people to suggest that maybe the mafia was behind it. The fact that you had uh, Jack Ruby with some known organized mafia, you know, organized um, crime connections who kills uh, Oswald. You know, that Oswald was just stupid enough that he would do it, and Jack Ruby was smart enough that he could at least um, silence uh, Oswald. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what's led to some of that stuff. Mr. Asher, are there any other big conspiracy theories you'd like to share with us? Or well, I mean, there's so many conspiracy theories that are out there that are current um, that I don't really want to get into. But historically, even things like 
um, Hitler faking his own death. I actually had a teacher ask me about that. They said <laughs> that Hitler didn't die in the end of the Second World War, so I had to send, uh, you know, kind of talk through that one. Uh, and why people would believe that, you yeah, know, again, why? it goes back. What? Why is that a thing? Like, <laughs> what, what is the, like, known death? Like, did he die? Like, what? What is, like, he said? He took a cyanide pill and then he shot himself yeah. in the head. Okay, so people think that he's, Why like, is that not? Yeah, why is that not the fact? Um, well, be, they never really found his body. Of course, the Russians say they have his skull and they have it. You can actually go to a museum and see Hitler's skull because they wanted credit that he Is there, like, dead. DNA for it? Like, can they do that? No, not particularly. But, um... There's nothing to suggest that Hitler survived the Second World War. Uh, and even if he had survived, he wouldn't have made it very long. He had, was suffering terribly um, from Parkinson's and everything else. By oh, wow. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Um, well, but even, you know, as we're on World War II, I mean, there are Holocaust deniers. People say the Holocaust never happened. There was a Jewish conspiracy. I don't understand how people can, like, even deny something, like, that big. Well, the entire country of Iran denies it. And if you think, go back to that... What does it say about the people to believe it that Iran and state of Israel have always been in conflict since the establishment of Israel in the 1940s, and they believe that the Jewish people would do something like that, right? to like put it on them. Yes, um, you know, to try to um, justify the creation of the state of Israel, which they of course still think is illegal and everything else. The problem with Holocaust deniers is anything about the Nazis. They were incredible at you know keeping, creating, and keeping records. I mean, mountains of documents, some of which haven't even been gone through since for the last seventy-five years. Wow. So they they were so meticulous. It's really hard to say that all of those documents were were forgeries. I mean, there's still people alive oh, that today survived from the Holocaust. But they could be actors, right? I mean, it. It's. I don't. Yeah, to, I don't think you can. I mean, if I'm going to try to make a more modern connection, is people that deny school shootings. They say they don't exist. They say that. I didn't. I didn't even know people yeah. denied those. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of people that say Sandy Hook didn't happen. Why? What group? That's crazy. What group? Yeah. What people? I don't want to get into naming names, but there are, prom- <laughs> there are prominent people that say that school shootings. Yeah. And they say that they're, the kids that were at Sandy Hook were the same kids or the same parents that were in these other mass shootings, and it's all fake. There was a lot that said that it was under the Obama administration that because Obama was coming for people's guns, and so they staged these mass events. Um, That's so insane how you can, like, take something so fatal and so serious and, like, take it like that. And let me try to understand their perspective. You know, again, a lot of this is more about psychology than history. Yeah. But um, do you have any evidence that Sandy Hook happened other than what you saw on TV? How do you know the government isn't lying Okay, but what are they trying to protect us from or like they're trying to say that government overreach right like that they shouldn't be able to take guns sure and people are already mistrustful of the second amendment you know same people and let's take one that's a little further back but 9-11 there's people that say either we made it happen or we let it happen now if we made it happen that's some sick stuff and there's no evidence plus what administration would do something to that drastic of an extent when you can't really depend on what the outcome is going to be. That really formed like the shape of the 21st century. Sure. And even the people who say they let it happen, um, what incentive would the Bush administration have had? I mean, you don't know where this thing is going. You, you know, the war on terror clearly hasn't gone great. If he just wanted to evade Iraq, which, by the way, has nothing to do with 9-11, why would um, they let something like this happen? But a lot of that is just people that are incredibly mistrustful of the government in the first place would believe that our government would do something like that. 
And again, it says as much about that person as it does about anything with the evidence of the event itself. Okay, what about some modern conspiracy theories? Like, what about people faking their deaths, like Michael Jackson, Tupac, Juice World, Or even Robin Williams. Some people can't let go of that. Well, I, I would wish say, he was alive. Yes, yeah, I me too. I miss like, him. Yeah. I would say all of them are indeed alive, but only in our hearts. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that, like, the they reason that, like... I think that, like, there's a reason that, like... Especially these, like, more modern-day ones, like, people that, like... Say you take, like, a singer or, like, an actor. Like, Robin Williams, for example. Like, it was so hard, like, seeing someone, like, so happy, like, die. So, like, for us as humans, like, the only imaginable thing is, like, they're still alive. Like, we can't let go of it. So that's why I think all these conspiracy theories form around, oh, they have to still be here. Because there's no way they're gone and I'm still here. It's aspirational. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, like the Cameron Bryce thing. That, oh. I do not get that right. I don't know who that is. <laughs> you don't know Cameron Bryce? You know the Disney from Jesse? Yes, Jesse. I didn't know there was a conspiracy theory around him. I miss There's him. There's not. I wish he was. Alive. I really miss him. <laughs> I wish he was alive. Okay. What a what a fun kid. What about Michael Jackson? What do you know about that conspiracy? The only thing I know about that conspiracy is that it has to do with the allegations that he abused kids, and therefore, rather than face punishment, that he uh, kind of got went bye bye. But um, I think if you look at any of his, you know, the pharmacology tests that were done on his body, I mean, he was under a, uh, on a lot of different medications, similar to Prince, um, you know, and I think, you know, it's pretty clear when you look at some of the, the evidence in the investigation that uh, as much as we don't want them to be gone, they are indeed gone. I mean, he wrote Thriller, so, you know. I think that I think that like a part of it is like what I said earlier like we put these people on such a high pedestal but really like they are in fact human so they're going to die like a human death like we just like can't grasp that Mm -hmm. I totally agree with all that um so I think it's about time we wrap this up. Thank you, Mr. Asher and Love Emma. Thank you for coming on. Um, it's been fun. Thanks for, for hopefully real. you guys listen to all these conspiracies. Um, join us next time on Crusader Conversations.